0: So, I am a, something of an eggnog connoisseur. Some called me the Nogmeister, if you will. You got your holiday Nog, you got your peppermint Nog, your Nagasaki, your hog Nog. You got a little goat Nog, 100% Colombiano Nog. You got your uh, bed Nogs and broomsticks. We got the Naga Prog. I'll nog you like a hurricane. Merry Christmas! Hey, would you sing me a Christmas carol? Nog of seagulls, two nogs don't make it right, and uh, oh, what was it? It was the uh, oh, the Wizard of Nog. Our German friends celebrate Nogtoberfest every year, and our comrades in Russia um, enjoy a nice Cosmonog here and there. Oh, oh, that's great! Merry Christmas! Thank you so much.
1: Well I'm so thankful to have all of you with us this Christmas week at all of our live churches and all of our network churches and uh, those of you from countries all over the world joining us at church online. Uh, let me just remind you this week uh, we'll be having over a hundred different Christmas services at all of our different live churches and then network churches will have Theirs as well. At many of our campuses, we are starting on uh, Wednesday of this week. Your campus pastor can tell you when uh, we will be worshiping uh, the birth of our son, God's son, Jesus Christ, and then next weekend, I just want to remind you, we will not be uh, meeting on Sunday for church because we want to honor all the thousands of volunteers and let them share that time uh, with their family. They can worship um, in many ways at home, and I I want to just share with you next week, uh, I will be talking about uh, one of the most personal and heartfelt Christmas messages that I ever have um, in in all the years of teaching. And so uh, I really am hopeful and prayerful that those of you who know someone that uh, maybe you work with or family members that'll be visiting that don't have a relationship with God through Jesus. I hope that you'll um, bring them next week because it really will be an encouraging and heartfelt message that I believe will reach a lot of people. Now, since we're going to do encouraging and heartfelt next week, I thought I'd do what I call stick it to you message this week, okay? That, so if, you, if, you're, if you're okay with that, just say stick it to me. Okay, you asked for it, so uh, it's going to happen. Well, we're talking about um, uh, carols, and today we're going to look at uh, some truth from a classic carol, Way in a Manger. Let me give you just a little context of this, and then I'll let you experience the song. Uh, This song was first published in a Lutheran Sunday School curriculum in 1885. Now, there's a lot of controversy around who wrote the lyrics to this song. Uh, a lot of people think uh, that it was Martin Luther, the father of the Great Reformation, but after more study, uh, most people say that isn't actually who wrote it. And so there's mystery as to who wrote the lyrics of this amazing song, but there is no mystery that this song has touched um, hearts uh, for decades and decades. So I want you to experience this carol uh, performed by one of our own worship leaders. Uh, all these songs are available free for you uh, at iTunes. This is Damien Aranda from Life Church Midwest City, and I just got to tell you, this isn't how we sang this song when I was growing up. Uh, crazy talented. How many of you uh, enjoyed that song growing up? Anybody say it was kind of a special song? For me, I don't know why, um, but that's, that song just always touched my heart. There's something about uh, imagining Jesus born, I mean, God stripping himself of his glory and being born in uh, the lowest place, showing that none of us are too low for his grace. And, and that There's a phrase that's used over and over again in that song that I want to focus on, and my hope is uh, that for years from now, as you worship to that song or maybe hear that song, that God will bring to your memory uh, what we've experienced today and would jolt you back into a a place of uh, alignment with his spirit. And I want to focus on, uh, there's a phrase over and over again that says, the little Lord Jesus, the little Lord Jesus. And uh, I love that phrase. Unfortunately, in some ways, uh, focusing just on the baby Jesus may be a little disservice to us. Um, Jesus isn't just the dear six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. Uh, There's so much more uh, to what God intended. And so rather than focusing on the size of the baby, what I want to do is focus on the lordship of Christ. So the key thought of this message, if you want to write it down, is that Jesus is Lord. Everybody say that, one, two, three. Jesus is Lord. Lord. In fact, 740 times In the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as Lord 740 times. In fact, I want to look at um, one of the classic Christmas verses. Uh, one of the most quoted verses uh, from Luke's gospel uh, dealing with the birth of Christ and show you the very first mention of the Savior's birth. We see him called uh, Lord. Uh, Luke chapter 2, the context, the shepherds were watching the flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared and said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. The news they've been waiting on for centuries, and, and the angel said, who is he, everybody? He is Christ the Lord. And there at the very beginning of the story, it's established that Jesus, the Son of God, is born. He is the Savior of the world. He is Christ the Lord. Uh, the big question I want to deal with today is, what does that mean to us? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean in everyday life? If we're married, what does it mean in our marriage? If we're dating, what does it mean when we're dating? If we're finishing finals, what does Jesus is Lord mean in our finals? If we're buying Christmas presents, what does it mean Jesus is Lord while we're buying Christmas presents? What does it mean to make Jesus your Lord there's uh, a Greek word in your notes that is the word translated as Lord it's the word kurios and this word can mean supreme in authority it means controller it means lord now i can already imagine for some of you the word controller is going to be a challenge because if jesus is the controller he's got some competition in you cuz you want to be in control. Thankfully, I don't have that problem at all. I'm not a control freak whatsoever. Not not a not a bit. As long as everything goes my way and everybody does what I say, I don't have a problem with control at all. Okay, so I got a problem with it, okay? I want to be in control of everything, whether it's driving the car. I can't even I honestly can barely sit in the passenger seat because nobody drives right. TV remote, don't even think about touching it if you are ever at my house. Put down the remote, and everybody will be fine. Uh, I don't know how it will be for you, but chances are a lot of you, you want to be in control, whether it's, you know, I want my day to go this way. Some of you, list. how many of you are list makers? List makers, don't jack with my list. I've got it on the list. It's like, ah, oh, I've got to be, you know. Or it's, um, I want, you know, my kids to do what I want. Uh, I want our Christmas to be just perfect. You know, the kids will come down, their hair will be brushed. We'll read Luke chapter 2, nobody will fight, angels will sing, Uh, you know, and and it's just like, ah, it's not perfect. And, And so, so many of us want to be in control. Well, what does it mean Jesus is supreme in authority? Jesus is the controller. Jesus is Lord. What does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of our life? If I can be technical for just a moment, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad for using this phrase, but technically, we don't make Jesus Lord. Do you realize that? God made him Lord a long time ago. He's already Lord. We don't make him Lord. What we do is we surrender to what already is. We surrender our lives to his Lordship. We don't make him Lord. God made him Lord. We surrender to his Lordship. What does that mean? Well, we surrender to the supreme in authority, We surrender to the only one who's really in control. We surrender to the Lord. And so what I want to do in the rest of our time is talk about surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. How do we do it? And I want to talk about two different levels of surrender. The first, if you're taking notes, is what I would call the partially surrendered life. The partially surrendered life. And I'm uh, very afraid that this is where the majority of American Christians would live. Many of you in other parts of the uh, the world, Uh, I believe there's much more devotion in many parts of the world where the persecution is more intense. But where I live, uh, there are so many what I would call casual Christians or cultural Christians, like the book I wrote, The Christian Atheist. They believe in God, but they live as if he doesn't Exist. It's the partially surrendered life. Luke 6, 46, Jesus was talking about uh, the wise builders and the foolish builders. And speaking of the foolish builders, he said, okay, guys, why do you call me what? He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me the Lord of your life? Why do you say I'm Lord and do not what? And do not do what I say. Well, why are you give me this lip service? I don't want lip service. I want life service. I don't want a bunch of talk. Don't just talk the talk. I want you to walk the walk. Why is it you're calling me Lord, and then you do whatever the heck you want to do? This isn't a game, Jesus is saying. Let, let's get it right. Uh, unfortunately, today, I believe there are, are so many people who say, you know, I believe in Jesus as Lord, but I still want to be in control. I believe Jesus is Lord, but I still want to do whatever I want to do. I believe Jesus is Lord, but I'm just not going to trust him with everything. And so before long, we end up practically, by the way we live, we just take the Bible and say, uh, you know, when it comes to relationships, I know Bible. Jesus said I'm supposed to pray for those who hurt me and bless those who persecute me. And I'm supposed to forgive. But, you know, after what they did to me, there's no way I'm going to forgive. Just forget that. And we take God's word and just say, ah, forget it. And, and, oh, I know that I, I'm supposed to, you know, when it comes to my money, I'm supposed to, you know, trust God and not go crazy into debt. I'm supposed to give 10%. 10%? That's the stupidest thing ever. There's no way I'm going to ever do that. And, oh, I know when it comes to my time and the way I live, I'm supposed to give God my time. I'll give him my Sundays every now and then when it's not football season because I'm too tired from the day before. But I'm not giving him my Friday nights and my Saturday nights. And, you know, I'm going to party and sleep with my girl. I'm oh, just going to do this kind of, oh. Some of you right now are about ready to leave the building because you're afraid I'm going to get struck with lightning. (gasps) He just ripped up the Bible. Now, let let me just remind you if you're highly offended, what I did is I took pages and ink and ripped it up. But many of us, we rip up God's truth every day with the way we live or don't live. And Jesus said, hang on. Don't call me Lord and then go just do whatever you want to do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say. It's the partially surrendered life. In fact, I've uh, uh, printed for you in uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, um, I I put this from the PSV. Okay, PSV stands for the partially surrendered version (laughs) of the Bible. Um, Help me out with this. This is how this is translated from the PSV. Trust in the Lord with what? Trust in the Lord with some of your heart, and lean on what? Lean on your own understanding. In, in how many of your ways? In some of your ways acknowledge him, and you can do what? You can make your own paths straight. Now, if you're kind of new to church and all, I just want to say that's not a real version of the Bible, okay? Just so you'll know, I changed it into the partially surrendered version. But here, here's the deal, which you need to understand. Jesus is no part-time Lord, And he doesn't want part-time followers. When you come to him, he asks you to give your whole life. He says, you want to follow me? Take up your cross and follow me. He says, you want to find your life? You lose it. You give it away. You surrender it. You, you come under the lordship of Christ. He is the supreme in authority. He is the one who says what's right, and he is the one who says what's wrong. He is the one who is the controller. He is the lord of all, and we come under his lordship. And it's not this pick and choose, hey, I like this thing, keep me out of hell, but I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. No, no, no. He's really serious. Why do you call me lord and do not do uh, what I say to do? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment and be very open to what God might show you and ask this question very prayerfully, what have I not surrendered to the Lord? What area of my life am I still trying to control? What area am I unwilling to give to God? And it could be any number of different things, but I want you to be really, really open um, and honest before God and put a name on whatever it is. For some of you it might be, you know, I'm gonna trust God with all these different things but not my kids, you know, these are my kids and by golly they're gonna do what I want and I'm gonna worry about it when I want to because I can't try, I've gotta be in control of my kids. Or it could be your future, you know, I've gotta get it all lined up and baby it's gotta go the way I want it and this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna graduate here and I'm gonna go to school there and then I'm gonna get a job and live in this part of it and I'm gonna be married by such and such time and And if I'm not, then God's not really there, and you just keep control of your, and you won't surrender that. It could be a relationship. It could be that I'm not going to do what God wants me to do, and, you know, oh, I know I'm dating this wrong person, and I shouldn't be dating him, and he's not drawing me close. But I love him, baby, and I can change him, even though he's not, and you just stay in control. What is it? What is it that you've not surrendered to the lordship of Christ? Uh, For me, for years, uh, one of the biggest strongholds in my life uh, it was the fear of not having uh, enough security and money. And I've talked about this before. And uh, whether it's in my personal finances or managing the church, I'm like a fanatic don't owe anybody anything, um, save up, you know, debt-free in my personal finances, six months cash in the bank, that's not enough, 12 months cash, in, and, and there's just this real fear of not having enough. And what I had to do is I had to acknowledge very honestly that when it comes to my finances, uh, I was trusting in my ability to manage money rather than trusting in God as the source of all. And in that area, I was half-hearted, lukewarm, distant to God, pro- God's promises, and a part-time follower. I was not doing uh, exactly as he said. Uh, Jesus is no part-time Lord, and he doesn't want part-time followers. I want you to be just as honest as I was and say, what is it, what area am I not fully surrendering to God? What am I not fully surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, because uh, almost all of us, in one way or another, we're living a partially surrendered life. Let's talk about another uh, level of surrender, and that's what Jesus wants for us, and I'd call it the fully surrendered life. Fully surrendered. All in. Not kind of a Sunday Christian, not kind of a, when it's convenient, not a God bless America, and I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, but a full-on, holding nothing back, My life does not belong to me, but belongs to him. Commitment. In fact, I love the way Paul phrased this in Romans chapter 14, 7 and 8. He said, For we don't live for whom? He said, We don't live for ourselves. Or die for whom? For die for ourselves. If we live, now let me ask you a question. How many of you are are living? How many of you are alive? Okay, good, a solid 50% of you. Praise God. Okay, the rest of you, we've got prayer time at the end of the service. How many of you are living? Come on. Y'all let's sit back there. Excellent. Most of you are now. If we live, why do we live? It's to honor whom? It's to honor the Lord. Lord. The Lord, the Curios, the supreme in authority. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to do what? It's to honor the Lord so whether we live or die what who do we belong to if you're a Christian who do we belong to scripture says we belong to the curios to the Lord we belong to him our life is not our own we surrender to his lordship we belong to him it's a little bit like I never take off my ring the only time I take it off is once every five years to get it polished because it looks like it's been to hell and back. Why? Because I never take it off. I go to the gym. Everybody else takes the ring off. You know, I want everybody to know in the gym, everywhere I am, I belong to Amy. She belongs to me. In fact, 20 some odd years ago, uh, I bought her the nicest ring a 24-year-old could buy for cash. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not a big rock, but it's the thought that counts. OK? So what I could do. I paid I, I saved up. I just negotiated best ring. When I gave it to her, I said, "Will you be mine? Will you marry me?" Now question: How much did that ring cost her? It cost me a lot. How much did it cost her? The answer is: zero, right? Didn't cost her anything. Now, when she received the gift, how much did it cost her? Cost her everything at that point. Will you be mine? Will you marry me? See, at that point when we stood before God, she gave her life to me. Here's the deal: she belongs to me. She's mine. I belong to her. I'm hers. We belong to the Lord. We're his. Some of you go, You don't belong to she don't belong to you. Don't be giving me all that mail. No, 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 no. She does. You try to touch her, I will kill you. You need to understand that. I belong to her. If I want to go out and go table dancing with a bunch of young girls, can I do that? Yeah. Not for long. No. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I belong to her. And she's going to remind me of that. We belong to each other. I get This ring didn't cost me anything. She bought it for me. Her ring didn't cost her anything. But when she received it, it cost her everything because she gave her life to me and we gave our lives to the Lord. Here's the deal. When Jesus shed his blood and died for you, he offered the availability of a free gift to you, salvation. It's by grace that you are saved through faith. It's not by works, so that no man can boast. It is the gift of God given to you. Salvation costs you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. But when you say yes to it, you no longer own the rights to your life. Does that make sense? You belong to him. You surrender to his lordship. Your life is no longer your own. Your life is is no longer your own. You are no longer the controller or the Lord of your life. He is. That's why I'm so afraid, and what I see so much today is this kind of casual approach to Jesus. Jesus is a six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. Jesus Jesus is my buddy. Jesus is my homeboy. You know, like, I, 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 no, 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 no. Jesus isn't just the little Lord Jesus baby in a manger. He's not just the Lord Jesus on a cross dying for our sins. What you need to understand is he's the soon returning, conquering, reigning, ruling, supreme in authority, coming back with a sword, with a name written on, that, that he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And he means business. Don't, don't, don't just say, Lord, Lord, and then do whatever you want. He is supreme, ruling, reigning king of the universe. Our lives, if you're a Christian, it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. So uh, with that said, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is the real version. Uh, We're told to trust in whom? Let's just say we're told to trust in the Lord with how much of our heart? Not with some, but with all our heart. And we're told to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, what are we to do? We are to acknowledge Him and He will make our path straight. Uh, the, the word acknowledge, I'm not a big fan of the way that's translated. Uh, in the Hebrew language, uh, the word that's translated acknowledge is the word yada. The same word is also translated to know. It's the same word that describes the intimate relationship of Adam knowing Eve. Uh, I prefer in all your ways know him, and he will make your path straight. Here's the bottom line. The reason so many of us do not surrender some area of our life to the lordship of Christ is because we don't know him in that area of our lives, and that's the bottom line. To know him is to love him. To know him is to trust him. To know Him is to surrender to Him, because when you know Him, you know He is He is all ever present. He is all knowing. He is all powerful. He is good in every way. He is wholly set apart from us. He is so holy; mortal man cannot look upon Him in His purest essence and live. To know Him is to surrender to Him, because He is the reigning, ruling King of the universe. And it, not only is He some far away, powerful God, but He is a relational God who came to us in the name of Emmanuel to be God with us, because. He wanted to reveal himself to us. That's why he sent Jesus so we could see him, so we could know him, so we could relate to him, so we could have a love relationship with him. It's all about relationship. When someone asked Jesus, what's the most important command? Jesus basically said it's a relational command. The most important command is to love the whom. If you know it, say it. Love the Lord, your God, with all your what? With all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. It's a whole, fully committed life. It's not a partially feel good. I like this and don't like this, but it's out of a love relationship. It's because I know Him, because I love Him. A- Amy doesn't stay with me be- just because of some empty promise, but it's because of this intimate, ongoing love relationship. It's because we know each other, because we've given our lives to each other. It's, it's not just a 20-year-ago promise. It's an everyday, living, thriving relationship. It's all about relationship. And for me, when I talked about the one area I didn't surrender to the Lord by finances, uh, what I had to do is just search out Scripture and say, I'm partially committed in this area. If I truly believe God is my provider, then I am simply a steward. That's what I am. I'm a manager of the resources that he provides. And when I read scripture, I see that it's far more blessed to give than to receive, and the only way I overcame my poverty mindset, horror, halala, Is to give, 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 and when I gave, I got to know His goodness, and that is, you cannot outgive God. And so now, in both my private life and in my personal life, I believe with all that I am that I am a funnel for resources to flow through into kingdom places, because I know the goodness of God. I can trust Him in this area, and if there is any area in which you are not surrendered to Him, it's it's because you don't know him in that area. To know him is to love him. It's time to get to know the Lord in this area of your life. The tragedy is, and I just want to say this, and I don't, I don't want to bring fear where there's no need for fear, but in some cases, there needs to be some reverent fear. There needs to be. There are, I'm afraid there are too many people uh, under this church and, and maybe just visiting here today that you you under the illusion that things are cool because you joined a church years ago or because you got wet or because you checked a box or because you say God bless you when somebody sneezes. You know? and, and the reality is there's a lot more to Christianity than that. The gift of eternal life may not cost you anything, but your only reasonable response is to give your whole life. And if you're not giving your whole life, at some point we have to ask ourselves a question, do we really know him? Do we really know him? Do we really know him? Because Jesus said some of the most haunting words in all of scripture. Matthew seven twenty one twenty three, 23, speaking of after this life, he said, not everyone who says to me what? Here's our phrase. Not everyone who says to me what? Say it. Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I got the bumper sticker. Yeah. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, "Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons, and perform many miracles in our world?" To be, you know, didn't I go to church every now and then? Did not I give some money to the, the guy ringing the bell with the red thing at the mall? You know, didn't didn't I didn't I help the lady cross the street? You know, didn't I wasn't I what a good person? Did, didn't I do all these good things, Lord, Lord? Verse twenty three. Jesus said, "Then I'll tell them." Plainly. I never what? He said, I'll tell them plainly. I never, I didn't, I didn't know you. We're not in a relationship. You, 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 you gave me lip service, but we, we, didn't, we didn't know each other. There's, there's no intimacy. You called me Lord, but you didn't do what I said. You see, there's a really big difference between calling Jesus Lord and surrendering to his lordship. He is Lord. It's not a game. It's not a, oh, shoot, I tried. No, he's Lord, and we surrender to the lordship of Christ. He is not a part-time Lord, and he, he doesn't want part-time followers. He gave us the free gift of eternal life, and he wants the only reasonable response is, hey, here's my life back, whatever you want. Not my will, but your will be done. Therefore, I will take whatever I'm trying to control and get to know him and surrender it to his lordship and trust him with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways I will know him and he will make my paths straight. Father, I pray today that um, you would speak to us in a way that only you can do, and that there would be lives and relationships and families and marriages that are transformed uh, because of the goodness and the grace of your son that we would surrender to the lordship of Jesus. All of our churches, as you're praying um, today, uh, I want to just talk to those of you first who, um, who really, uh, as Christians, you want to live the fully surrendered life, but you look at it as I do and have to say there's an area or more that's partially surrendered, What I want you to do is I want you to give whatever it is a name in your mind so you can confess this before God just get real specific with it here's what it is it's a relationship it's a fear it's um, something I want to control it's it's something I'm unwilling to give you whatever it is give it a name and today by faith we're just going to say God I surrender that to you all of our different churches those of you would say i've got it i'm partially surrendered in this area i'm half-hearted lukewarm and i don't want to be I want to be fully surrendered in this area i want to I want by faith to give this to God today. would you lift up your hands right now just lift them up all over the place all over the place God I thank you for those who um, who came with their hearts sensitive to what you'd want to say and are um, I take great confidence God when we're um, uh, able to fall under the conviction of your loving Holy Spirit. And so I pray, God, that right now, by faith, we would do um, something that only you could empower us to do. But we would give this to you and surrender it to you. As you're praying right now, all of our different churches, just give it a name and just kind of under your breath or in your mind, God can hear your thoughts, just tell them. Here it is, in your own words. I I give this person, I give this relationship, I give my my health, I give my fears, whatever it is, just tell them, I surrender this to you, to your lordship. Tell them you don't want to be partially devoted. You you love him. You want to know him in every area. God, help us to know you, to serve you, to trust you. God, help us to be fully devoted, serving you in every way. Our only reasonable response to Jesus is our Whole lives. We give this to you today. God, I pray that lives would be different um, because of this moment, because Jesus is Lord, and we surrender whatever we hold back to him. As you keep praying today, um, all of our different churches, I want you to really um, take a moment and just be really quiet before God and recognize this. That Jesus said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only those who do what the will of my Father is. He'll say to many, you called me Lord, but you didn't, I didn't know you. I want to ask you this. Are you, are you in, a, in a living, loving relationship with God? Um, I was a churchgoer for years. My family, we were churchgoers. We didn't know God. We went to church. We had a head knowledge, but not a heart relationship. That's many of you. That's many of you. Some of you, you're you're not a church guy, you're not a church girl, and, you know, you look at, someone else would look at your life and go, well, there's no way they got a relationship with God. You know, listen, uh, the reason that you're here, I believe with all my heart, is because God loves you you and you may look like you're a long way away but i'm telling you what you are one prayer away from knowing him you are one prayer away from every sin you've ever committed being forgiven you are one prayer away from being made new you're one prayer uh, away from being filled with the holy spirit and knowing god in an intimate and a personal way At all of our churches there are those of you who recognize you may be been around the church scene you may this may be your first time in church but you recognize you really don't know god and you want to today we're going to call on his name jesus The Son of God, born in a a manger without an earthly father, so he didn't inherit the sin nature, so that he could be our Savior, becoming sin on the cross, shedding his blood, dying, and and being raised to life, so that anyone who calls on his name will be saved. That's why you're here. All of our churches, you'd say, Yes, that's me. I want to know him. I want to serve him. I need to be forgiven. I want to be in a relationship with him. I don't want to call him Lord. I want to know him as Lord. Would you lift up your hands high right now? Just lift them high all over the place. Lift them up and say, Yes, that's my prayer right up here in this section praise God for you and right back here toward the back uh, right over here both of you together on this side others of you I don't know him and I want to know him right back over here on on my right side others way back over here others who would say yes Jesus I holy and surrender to you I want to know you as my personal savior and Lord would you lift up your hands and say yes I surrender to him church online you all click right below me let's all pray together God uh, everybody pray heavenly father save me from my sins make me new I don't want to just know about you I want to know you transform me fill me with your spirit I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live for you I give you my whole life everything you are my Lord you are my Savior thank you for new life Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our churches, would you guys take a moment and worship God. Thank him. Welcome those today born into his family.